Hello and welcome to the Exogen Podcast. In this series, Capstone, we'll be diving into the largest ever comparative utility study in lupus diagnostics. Here to do just that are our two guests, Dr. Deborah Zach, Chief Medical Officer for Exogen, and Tyler O'Malley, Director of Evidence Development for Exogen and co-author of the study. Join us as we explore the unmet need that prompted the study, the end results, and what these discoveries mean for both patients and providers. Dr. Zach, Tyler, welcome to the show. I think we've done a really great job so far of setting the foundation for understanding why Capstone was needed and why it was conducted. And so without further ado, I think it's time we dive into Capstone and get a better sense of what the study encompasses. So Tyler, do you mind kicking us off and explaining really, first of all, what does Capstone stand for? And then maybe just give us a general summary. I know, Deb, you kind of hint, you gave us a lot of really good hints about what it is, but Tyler, maybe give us an official summary of what the Capstone study is. Sure. I'll, I'll start out with the study name. Uh, so Capstone is abbreviation for Complement Activation Products versus Standard ANA Testing treatment outcomes, diagnosis, and economic impact in systemic lupus erythematosus. So as Deb was alluding to, uh, the study is meant to be a direct comparison between the advised lupus test uh, as an aid to rheumatologists as they're evaluating suspected lupus patients versus testing patients with a more conventional means of diagnosing lupus, which typically encompasses the measurement of anti-nuclear antibodies, ANA, and additional autoantibodies uh, that can help support the diagnosis, such as antibodies to double-stranded DNA or antibodies to the Smith antigen. Uh, these biomarkers, uh, as Deb mentioned uh, before, uh, have been in use in clinical care for many decades, going back to the mid-1900s with very little changes to that paradigm since then. And that, that really stayed the same until the mid-2000s um, when the cell-bound complement activation products technology was discovered and integrated ultimately together with some of these conventional autoantibodies to form what we know today to be the vised lupus or vised connective tissue disease test. And the capstone study itself it was designed to be a direct comparison uh, between the two methods. And the way that we accomplished this, the, the study was we leveraged a large integrated electronic health record registry. And uh, this registry consists of medical records collected from uh, patients that were treated by hundreds of rheumatologists distributed geographically throughout the United States. Um, so we had broad representation of rheumatology practices, small and large, as well as uh, representation of patients in different parts of the country. And ultimately, we established two groups uh, for comparison, patients who were given the advised lupus test as part of their routine care, uh, and then those patients who were tested with what we refer to as the traditional ANA or TANA group. And uh, in this group, we allowed for uh, the measurement of ANA by indirect immunofluorescence, the you know, widely accepted gold standard for measuring ANA, as well as the measurement of some of these autoantibodies that I mentioned. And from there, we looked at outcomes in these patients. So we looked 
at from the point patients were tested with one of these two tests, uh, what occurred downstream in terms of diagnosis. So for that, we looked at something called ICD-10 codes, which are sort of a formal classification method that physicians utilize, not just in rheumatology, but more broadly to uh, assign clinical diagnoses uh, to patients. And then we also looked at medications that were initiated, specifically focusing on those medications we know are utilized for lupus. And that was sort of the main focus of the study, but we also took a look at the economic impact of these tests in that we wanted to understand how patients were treated and what types of services were required for these patients downstream from the test. And so one thing we wanted to test, one of the hypotheses that we tested here was we believe that because the advised lupus test offers a greater level of sensitivity and specificity for the diagnosis of lupus, that the test would be more conclusive than alternative testing methods. And so we believe that following a negative test result with Avise, there would be decreased um, repeat testing, there would be less need for additional outpatient lab testing. So those were some of the key outcomes we took a look at here in this study. Definitely a very encompassing study. There's a lot of elements that were covered, and I think that's fantastic. From a physician's perspective, Dr. Zach, what value do you believe that this, that Capstone really provides? I know you mentioned a few things that the study looked at beforehand, but now looking at the results and kind of having it in its completion, what are some of the exciting pieces that you're that you've found with it? I think some of the most interesting findings with it was um, the number of tests and the number of visits that patients normally went through on the, on the journey to getting uh, an appropriate diagnosis. Um, many of them had had misdiagnoses. Many of them had seen, maybe had gone to the doctor a dozen times, had undergone uh, tons of tests including repeats and repeats and repeats of some of the standards, um, some of the standard more traditional ones. Um, whereas if you um, looked at those that went through advised testing, um, the uh, conclusion was more definitive. The, the physician was able to land on a more conclusive um, determination of um, lupus being the culprit or not. And so thus saving the repeated testing that would be done otherwise in, in our old case um, before a biased lupus. So it really streamlined the patient journey um, and cut out a lot of that unnecessary cost, which I think we all have to be um, watching for and looking out for in order to use our medical healthcare dollars most appropriately. Absolutely. It's crazy how one test can really make such an impact in the long term. But man, what a what a finding. Before we expand on the results and the conclusions, I, I want to backtrack just a little bit. And Tyler, maybe can you expand on the methodology behind Capstone before we dive into the results? Certainly. So uh, the Capstone study is at least 100 times larger than any prior study we've done before in terms of the number of patients that were analyzed. So in our 
main cohort of the study, we had roughly 24,000 AVISE-tested patients and uh, 23,000 TANA-tested patients. So in total, we're talking about you know, around 45,000 patients uh, for whom we based the, the results of the study on. And as I mentioned before, that sort of the main source of the data here was the electronic health records that were being uh, generated by the physicians who were treating these individuals on the ground. And an additional data source for a subset of the patients was their insurance claims. So we took a look at both commercially insured patients using uh, a database known as HealthCore, which encompasses claims data for patients who have Anthem uh, or Blue Cross Blue Shield type insurance, uh, as well as patients who are insured through the government, um, namely Medicare fee-for-service. And we thought it was important to look at both groups because they are different you know, subsets of the, of the uh, population. And we believed it was important you know, holistically to look at both groups. And in the study, we, we were able to follow patients, for the most part, on average for about a year in terms of the follow-up uh, period. So we had a pretty good uh, runway in terms of being able to look at outcomes uh, on the patients. Sometimes, you know, clinical, as, as Dr. Zach well knows, clinical diagnoses can evolve, they can change over time. Uh, so it was good to be able to get sort of a, a broad view in terms of the amount of time we looked at. And uh, we really focused in on those results that, that we talked about here. You know, does the test lead to the right diagnosis, the right treatment, and is it cost effective at the end of the day? Right. And so let's just follow that train of thought right through. I know Dr. Zach has mentioned this and you guys have alluded to it in, in bits and pieces, but conclusively, what does the study show? What are, what are the conclusions and the results of Capstone? Yeah, so we're, we're really excited to be able to share these results because it's really stark the, the types of results that we were able to demonstrate here. Uh, so in terms of diagnosis, when we compare the advised test directly to patients tested with TNA, we found that patients were about six times more likely uh, to end up with a lupus diagnosis if they're advised positive compared to being positive by the TNA method. In terms of treatment outcomes, we found that patients who were advised positive uh, were about three times more likely to be started on one or more SLE medications than patients who were positive by the TANA method. So right there, in terms of the, the patients who tested positive for AVISE, we see exactly what we expected to see, which was that the test was more likely to uh, lead to a clinical action on the part of the provider, either a diagnosis or treatment, and in many cases, both. And the other side of the coin, uh, not to be neglected, is those patients who are testing negative, which is by the way, about 90% of the patients that we test uh, come back negative. And that's not, to, you know, not surprising in that lupus is a relatively low prevalence disease, um, at least compared to some of the larger diseases like you know, cardiovascular disease or diabetes, which affect millions and millions of people. Uh, lupus is, is, by comparison, smaller. And so that is part of the challenge is sifting through the, you know, ANA haystack, if you will, to find the, the few needles that are the lupus patients buried, buried in, in the midst. So looking at patients who tested advised negative, 
we saw that outpatient lab claims, in other words, the amount of additional labs that physicians required to care for their patient, uh, the cost there was two times less in the Avise negative testing population compared to the TANA negative testing population. We also saw that patients who tested Avise negative tended to uh, require one fewer follow-up visit, which clearly saves the healthcare system money, especially if those patients ultimately are going to be referred back to primary care or maybe to, to pain specialty in the case of fibromyalgia, for example. And then overall, when we looked at the two groups of patients, repeat testing, that is patients who undergo a VISE and then are repeat tested with a VISE again, uh, was about 8% of the patients, whereas the repeat testing in the TANA arm was about uh, 28%. And so what that means is that regardless of what your outcome is in terms of the test, if you're advised tested, you're about three and a half times less likely to undergo a repeat test. And we know this is important from uh, the cost standpoint, but if you think about the patient, it's also important there too, because patients who are told they may have an autoimmune disease, it's important to get them the right answer and to get that to that answer quickly, right? Because there's, there's obviously the, the, the impact of you know, getting them on the right therapy, but there's also you know, the human impact of the anxiety that comes with that uncertainty. And so overall, like I said, we're, we're very encouraged and very proud of the results we were able to demonstrate here in this study. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. And I know that also what this means just in terms of application is going to be something that's going to be really fun to dive into. But for right now, I just want to say thank you so much to both Dr. Zach and to you, Tyler, to, for coming on here and for kind of expanding more into Capstone and what it is. Um, I know I've greatly appreciated it. And so will everyone who will have the chance to, to really listen to this. So thank you. You have been listening to Exigen's podcast. For more information about Exigen, please visit the website at www.exigen.com.